0: Okay, let's go. Ready? This is for the people of North Carolina. North Carolina. I have a lot of property in North Carolina, and I like that. I have a lot of employees. We pay them money, big league. So, again, North Carolina special place. And look at the carnage and devastation and destroyed families. We're going to go to the movie theater. We're going to go on airplanes. Take a look at North Carolina. North Carolina. North Carolina. Oh oh North Carolina. North Carolina. North Carolina. Oh oh. Hi everybody. Welcome to Election Profit Makers, a guide to winning oh, and losing oh. money on the 2016 campaign using online prediction markets. Today's date is Friday, August 5th, 2016. This is the 3rd of 17 episodes in our series. I am David Reese and I'm joined by my childhood friend John Kimball. Hi John. Hi David. And John, where am I right now? You're in my bedroom. I'm in your bedroom in North Carolina. That's right. Two old friends together again, celebrating wealth and the American dream. Correct. Well, it's really nice to be here back in the old North State, as we say. Uh, obviously, as we discussed last week, North Carolina definitely seems to be in play during this presidential election, which we're both excited about. Very much. And I thought it would be fun to celebrate North Carolina by playing a little game. I haven't told you about this yet. I saved it for, for this live, kind of like, you know, high tension energy moment that we're having. Okay. You love North Carolina businesses, and I love mid 90s North Carolina indie bands. You and I are about to ha- go head to head. For every North Carolina business you mention, I'm going to mention a mid 90s North Carolina band. You ready? Don't you go on the Secretary of State page. What are you doing? You can't, use, you can't use a search engine for this. This is just off the top. Ready? It's called North Carolina Commerce versus Culture. Okay. Who goes first? I go first. Zen Frisbee. Wachovia. Vanilla Trainwreck. Bank of America. Flat Duo Jets. Red Hat. What Peggy Wants. Quintiles. Pulvo. Hardee's. Metal Flake Mother. The great underappreciated North Carolina indie rock band, by the way. Uh, Bojangles. Archers of Loaf. Oh, I got you. I got you. Jefferson Pilot. Jarvis. Cassette only release.
1: Yeah, you're killing me.
0: Scuppernong. Geezer Lake. I'm crushing you right now. Get off the mat. Come on. Get up, John. Duke Energy. (laughs) Duke Energy would actually be a good name for a band. Yeah. All right. Let's get to it. It was a big week this week, John, especially for Republican presidential candidate Donald Trump. Tell me everything that happened uh, this week in regard to Trump. Tell me every strange thing that he said, did, or reacted to. Begin. (laughs) I I can't.
1: No, I mean, yeah, that's the problem with Trump, because he's, he's, he's probably
0: done 20 things today. I feel like with Trump, this was the week it's finally turned the corner. I know I've been saying that for a year and a half now. To me, it felt like the last straw for many people was when he failed to endorse Paul Ryan. I don't know why that is the thing that sets everybody off and and makes people assume he's not uh, serious about winning the election. You said earlier when we were driving to the coffee shop that you thought it had to do with his five days picking a fight with the Khan family. That didn't help. It probably didn't help. And the fact of the matter is now, regardless of what are the cause or what people are thinking about him, the new the new round of polling shows a substantial and sustained bounce for Hillary Clinton.
1: Yeah, there's a new poll out this morning from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution that has Hillary up by four there in Georgia.
0: In Georgia. But we don't care about any of this stuff in terms of the health of our republic, of course. We are only interested in how it affects our portfolios on predicted.org, right? Right. Okay. So let's get into it. There is a new contract, a fresh new contract that came out this morning that made me very excited. It's based on my favorite topic and my months-long obsession and the cause of my financial ruin. PredictIt.org has actually come out with a new contract about Trump dropping out of the presidential race. I could not believe my good fortune when I saw this contract. Will Trump drop out by August 31st? Now, those of you who have been listening to our podcast for some time know that I began this adventure with thirty dollars invested in the markets and promptly lost over twenty dollars betting that Trump would drop out by July thirty first. And here I'm, I'm here to say <laughs> it's time to do it all over again. I bought two shares in Trump dropping out by August thirty first. Now, that might have been a huge mistake, but I only paid eight cents per share. So I have a a $0.16 exposure in this market. If Trump drops out by the end of August, I will make $2.
1: How much did you pay?
0: $0.08 a share. All
1: right. That's not bad. What do you think? Uh, I immediately bought no for $0.82, and by the end of the day, it was The yes shares were trading at four, so I sold my nose for ninety six. I made a quick fourteen dollars. You really think Trump's not going to drop out? I was just riding the wave right there, but, well, I, but that's I,
0: my job. So you don't need okay. to be up in my wave. These waves are mine. No, all right. Trump is not going to drop out. How I is said he not from the beginning. Dr- he's not dropping out. He's
1: he's got to have that attention, and he'll be a complete loser if he drops
0: out. Okay. Now this is true, and this has made me rethink. <laughs> This has made me rethink, once again, my position uh, in this market. For months and months, I was saying that Trump would drop out of the race because at some point he would realize he was going to lose to Clinton and he couldn't risk looking like a loser. But then this week, two new uh, pieces of information made their way to me that have made me second-guess myself. The first was an essay by Jamel Bowie and Slate saying that Trump— would look like even a bigger loser if he dropped out of the race. Now, I always thought, no, he'd come up with some excuse. He would be like, I don't wanna do it. Or, oh, everybody's picking on me. Or, oh, the system is rigged. And that leads to my second new piece of information. Trump this week started doing something that felt very dark and very dangerous, which is loudly and repeatedly saying the election was rigged and the results would probably not be legitimate. Okay, now obviously that's his hedge against looking like a loser. It might also actually be what he believes. He might actually believe that he's such a winner. The only way the polls could show him behind or the only way he could lose to Hillary Clinton, who of course is a woman, one of the worst types of gender, according to Donald Trump. The only way he could protect himself against that on a subconscious level would be to convince himself that the entire election has been rigged. And of course, Trump's associates, the delightful Roger Stone, and the upstanding uh, Paul Manafort have also come out intimating that the whole system is rigged. Basically, they're going to compromise millions of Americans' belief in the democratic system in order to protect the ego of this sociopath who's decided to run for president because nobody says no to him, right? Right. That is an argument for him staying in the race. Definitely. Definitely but I still think he might drop out. Why? Part of me still assumes that he processes the world and thinks and behaves in a way that I can insert my own imagination into, such that I can make sense of him. But maybe I can't.
1: I'm sorry,
0: man, I'm failing. John, you're failing hard. Is it, is it too intense having me here in your bedroom? Yeah, it is kind of intense. Really? Yeah. Bedroom fun, recording in the bedroom. John, you have five seconds to prepare your comments. Five, four, three, two, one.
1: Trump is not dropping out. Like I've said from the beginning, he's too much of a narcissist. He needs the attention. He can't have the attention once he drops out. So he will stay. Now, I I will hedge that and say that he could drop out the day of the election, but he's going
0: to take it to the very limit, but he's not going to drop out. Remember my theory that I had when we first started talking about Donald Trump was that he would do something that has never been done before in American history, which is that on election night when Hillary beats him by like, let's say, five or six points, like a pretty unambiguous failure on Trump's part, when he goes to give what everyone thinks is a concession speech, what he will say is, I am not here to concede the election to Hillary Clinton because, as none of you know, I actually secretly dropped out a week ago and never told anybody. And because I dropped out, I didn't just lose. It's a very, very rare – it's like the triple reverse axle of politics. And it would be – it'd be brilliant. The retroactive dropping out. Top secret move. Donald Trump can pull it off. I have faith in you, Donald Trump. I'm going to invest everything I have in you dropping out. He's not going to pull it off.
1: You don't think? No, he never does the right thing. He never does the
0: strategic thing. You don't think you don't think getting in a fight with a gold star family was the right thing to do? No. You don't think um I can't, Yeah, forget yeah, you it. Can't, you, why, why even yeah, talk about this it's asshole exhausting. anymore? Yeah, it's exhausting. It really I'm not saying he's mentally ill, but it is the <laughs> Your look was incredible. What <laughs>
1: It's sad to watch. And I, I don't even blame
0: him for his behavior. He's, he's, he's out of control. You know, there was a moment this week when I was, you know, whatever, doing my stupid Twitter games where every time he tweets something, I ask if I can add him to my professional network on LinkedIn <laughs> And it's whatever. He never sees it. Nobody ever sees it. But something about it just makes me laugh, especially because I actually just type it out. Like I don't copy and paste it. You don't think he sees it? It's I like a meditative practice for me. But there was a moment this week where I thought it was starting, his behavior was getting so erratic. And, and the sense was it's only going to get more erratic as the pressure ramps up and we get closer to the election. I started to have that feeling like, is this appropriate Am I, am I baiting somebody who actually might have mental health issues, mm-hmm. right? Beyond the narcissism, like whatever, I'll tease a narcissist all day. I mean, it takes one to know one, right? <laughs> but there's something deeper now that feels so manic and completely unhinged that I started to wonder like... Are you trying to take credit for his eventual breakdown now? No, what's what I'm saying is I think he is a broken person and maybe it's maybe it's maybe it's inappropriate and ungentlemanly for me to make fun of him. The same way I would never think to make fun of somebody who's sitting on the back of the bus, you know, wearing bags for shoes and ranting about the gold standard or the Illumina. I'm talking about Alex Jones, obviously. I would never make fun of Alex Jones because he's profoundly damaged as well. Okay, moving on. Let's talk about last week's bets. Last week, we made a couple of bets, and um, I was dumb enough to fail to realize these bets actually didn't resolve this week. And so our great gambit for dramatic tension in terms of our portfolios uh, didn't work because the fundraising numbers for Clinton and Trump have not yet been officially released, which means predicted.org has not resolved these markets.
1: Well, the campaigns did come out and announce the numbers. We just don't have the official filings with the FEC. Those will happen around August 20th. And, you know, for all intents and purposes, the Hillary market fundraising has resolved. It's it's trading at 99 cents because I think people believe the number that she gave. The Trump
0: market, they're a little unsure right now. Why does Trump have issues with trustworthiness? I, exactly. Really his campaign put out a statement as to their fundraising numbers. I remember that. It was like 60 some million, right? Isn't that what everyone was saying? And I think it was 80 million. Oh my gosh, really? It was a huge amount of small dollar donations.
1: Yeah, but it has to do with you know, how much of that is going to be given back to the RNC or how much the RNC is going to give to them. Again, like I said last week, I don't know anything about
0: fundraising, and I don't want to know anything about fundraising. Why don't you want to know anything about fundraising? I, it's just not interesting to me. But it's about money, and we're obsessed with money, and all we care about is money, 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 and the whole reason we're doing Predicted.org is fundraising for our own pockets. Look, I made money, and I don't know anything about fundraising. You made money on the fundraising markets? Yeah. You raised funds on the fundraising markets, and you still don't understand anything about fundraising? Yes. I love it. So we're skipping that entirely. Sorry about that, guys. We will uh, we will give you an official uh, predicted.org sanctioned update as to those markets when they are officially resolved. But the takeaway from this brief section that you've just enjoyed is that people trust Clinton campaign fundraising, and for some reason, who knows why, they are less likely to take the Trump campaign's word. Right? Right. Let's get to the elephant in the room, John. You've been dreading this moment all week, but our listeners have demanded it, and it's time to try to give them what they want. It's time to talk about negative risk. This is something that I have a hard time wrapping my head around, but you have successfully exploited this market-based phenomenon. I mean, you've made serious money exploiting negative risk, right? Yes. How much money do you make betting against uh, the various options for um, Trump's vice presidential pick? That was the greatest market ever. I made 1,300. And what was so great about that market, and what does that have to do with the phenomenon of negative risk? There were so
1: many options in that market. There were so many potential candidates for Trump. Uh, And it was obvious that many of them were never going to be chosen. You know, Ivanka Trump was an option. (laughs)
0: <laughs> Didn't he just suggest Ivanka for cabinet position? Okay, yeah. So come well, on. So maybe come up was. with somebody truly outlandish. Come up with somebody that Donald Trump would never, ever consider to be vice president. Ben Carson. Probably was not going to be vice president. So In fact, that reminds me, somebody should really tell Ben Carson that he's not going to be vice president, because part of him is probably still thinking, like, I'm going to be vice president. I'm going to get a shiny gold car, and I'm going to drive around Washington, D.C., and whenever I want ice cream, I'm going to get it for free, and I can put it wherever I want. So yeah, there are many options, Ben Carson, Condoleezza
1: Rice, and you, I, I, I essentially bet no on every single one of the candidates.
0: So you obviously had to put in a fair amount of money to have a position on each one of those contracts, because there was one contract for Condoleezza Rice, there was one contract for Ben Carson, there was one contract for Ivanka Trump. This gets into linked
1: markets, okay. which is part of um, negative risk. I really only had to put up money for the first person. And then each time I buy no for another person, I'm lowering my risk, because there can only
0: be one yes. For any linked market, and for any market that has multiple brackets or multiple contracts, the thing you guys have to remember is only one of these potential state of affairs will come to pass, which means that every other one will resolve no. For any linked market, you have all but one of them resolving to no and only one of them resolving to yes. So each time you're buying no, you're reducing your risk and predict it will actually credit you money back because they only need they only need from you as much money as you could potentially lose. Correct. So if you're putting yourself in a position where you have you have you have bet such that with every additional investment in a no market, you're reducing the amount of money you could possibly lose. Predictit doesn't need to draw any more money out of your account. They start crediting you money because you have now increased the amount of money you will make, even in the worst case scenario.
1: Right. Now, it's important to recognize that if you do want to sell one of these no's, that you may be increasing your risk again. So Predictit will want to take money out when you sell those no's.
0: Which is, again, kind of the opposite of what a traditional yes-no market would do. Obviously, if you reduce your position in a market by selling shares, you have decreased your risk. But in this case, you're increasing your risk. Negative risk is a topsy-turvy, Alice in Wonderland LSD trip that guarantees a good time for everybody involved. But there are a couple key things to keep in mind before you start messing around with negative risk. Okay, number one, negative risk only works on a market with multiple contracts. If you have a simple yes-no market, like will Hillary Clinton be the next president of the United States, there's no way to enjoy negative risk. Correct. That's right. In fact, the the more options there are, the better chance that
1: you're going to do really well with negative risk.
0: Because the more possible states of affairs will not come to pass. Right. Okay. Now, what's something else? (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, that sounded really bad. But I don't know. What is the next thing? We're in total infomercial mode right now. So
1: the next thing is that... Okay, in order to recognize a a situation, a potential situation where you can take advantage of negative risk, you walk into one of these contracts and you look at... Say there's five options. You want to add up the price of the yes shares in each contract and you want it to add up to more than a
0: dollar. Right. Because really what we're talking about when we say dollars is percentages. You want it to add up to more than 100 because that means something is off and you can enjoy negative risk. Because think about it. In a normal, completely rational, random situation, the sum total of possible outcomes is going to be 100%. That's just the way reality works.
1: Do you want to talk about our... Oh, yeah.
0: So I came up earlier this morning in John's bedroom when we were talking. Bedroom fun, recording in the bedroom. I came up with the perfect analogy. Guys, this is going to explain everything about negative risk. And if you don't understand it, I will personally mail everybody here $1,000. Here we go. Imagine that there is a market on predicted.org for rolling a single die, okay? There's six potential outcomes, one through six. If you add all of those outcomes up the percentage is going to be 100%. Each individual contract, whether it's one dot, two dots, three dots, four dots, five dots, six dots, is gonna be around, what is it, 16.67%. But let's say you show up for that market, and for some reason, four is trading at 50 cents. Somebody is obsessed with the number four, or they think that a demon has promised them that number four is gonna come up on this die roll. The point is, something is off, and you can exploit that with negative risk.
1: That's right. You you would want to buy the no's in, in that particular market.
0: Because the no's are
1: undervalued. That's right. And you do that, and you, you'll end up in a situation where you can't lose, where you actually will make a little bit of money no matter what the eventual outcome is. It is important to keep the number of shares equal as you're going through. So you, it, once you get overloaded on one particular option, then you'll lose your negative risk. So, you know, w- the one way I would do it is that you, you buy five shares at a time and then you go back and you add a little bit more and you add a little bit more. And, and that's what I did in the vice president market until I, uh, until I was maxed out and I had 900 shares in every single one. And then it was even, so I was going to make $40 no matter who it was. But I was pretty sure it was going to be Pence. So I didn't have 900 in Pence. I I only
0: had 300 or so in Pence. You didn't make money betting that Mike Pence would be vice president. You made money betting a smaller amount of money that Mike Pence would not be vice president than you did on every other potential vice presidential pick. Exactly. Right. I actually think negative risk should be called positive risk.
1: I don't know. I mean, that's the nomenclature they they use. Well, I'm here to
0: upend nomenclature, okay? I'm here to ride waves and upend nomenclature. That's all I care about. All right. So if you think you can do a better job explaining negative risk than we just did, you should get in touch with us at contact at electionprofitmakers.com. We will give you a secure voicemail number to dial, and you will have 30 seconds to explain and clarify negative risk because that just about... I just about need a nap because we spent 2 hours trying to figure out how to explain that. I hope our levels are okay. We're we're recording this under extreme circumstances. We don't this is not up to our uh, to our usual incredibly high production standards where I have a microphone jammed into a coat hanger in Starley's Kitchen, and you're sitting in your (laughs) bedroom with blankets and quilts stapled to the wall. We are two buddies leaning over a single microphone on a card table in your bedroom, and it's never been better. This is the election profit maker's Mm -hmm. lifestyle. (laughs) When we talk about cashing the rush and riding the waves and making money, this is what we're talking about, hanging out in your buddy's bedroom, On a nice sunny day, the curtains are drawn. (laughs) John has a bird, a pet bird that I never knew about. It's been flying around all day, Disco the Parakeet. Got to give a shout out to Disco the Parakeet. Okay, here we go. We got a lot of great uh, listener questions this week. Of course, we are always so happy and excited when somebody takes the time to write to the election profit makers, and you can do that. Comment, suggestions, questions, corrections, contact at electionprofitmakers.com. Let's get into the mailbag. Our first question is from Jack. He says, I love the show, and then he says nice things about back when I used to live blog the Olympics. Thank you, Jack. Uh, But then he says, John is stupendous as well. His retweets are allowing me to become much more intelligent and powerful than I previously thought possible. My question, do you recommend focusing one's investments into only a few markets or is dabbling in multiple markets preferred? As you can see from My History Attached, and he sent along his investment history. Uh, Thank you, Jack. It was very illuminating. I am nibbling on multiple markets like a fool. I imagine I would make more money if I put all my funds into Clinton winning the general in November, but I like having bets closing every week. What do you think? Go in full hog or diversify the portfolio? You guys are great. Starley is too. I think you're
1: smart to diversify. As you say, you may make more money if you put everything in one particular contract, but that works both ways. If it goes south, you will lose a lot of money. I don't know. You don't want to have a huge percentage in one particular contract at a
0: time. I really wish you had told me that before I put 80% of my money into Donald Trump dropping out because I felt like I had such keen psychological insights into that maniac's mind that I was guaranteed to have a huge payday. And now... I'm struggling to survive until the election on my $5 that I still have active in the market. So let me be a lesson to you. Diversify your portfolio. And this is true, obviously, like, this is what a financial advisor would tell you about saving for retirement. Basically, you want a diversified portfolio, and if predicted had an index fund... That would be insane. Because uh, if they had an index fund, you would be so spread out among so many different contracts and so many different positions that you, I feel like you would be like a guaranteed moneymaker. Yeah, I don't think the CFTC is going to allow that. Could you have one though? Could you write uh, could one of our listeners who knows about computers actually come up with a passively managed, predicted.org index fund that we could all buy into, because that would be incredible. It would. That's never going to happen. I don't think because of legal
1: reasons. Yeah, it, that that seems like something that probably would never happen
0: because of legal reasons. Why are you smiling like that? I it's just, such a good idea. No, it's but so, it's mean, like the most sophisticated idea I've ever had. I know. It's. Are you telling me I'm so smart my brain should be illegal? Yes. Okay. Question from Elizabeth. I have a question for the podcast. I'm extremely new to the predicted game and having lots of fun so far, but most of the markets I've bought shares in are long games that won't pay off until November. I'm interested in getting in on the shorter-term action, but I feel a bit less confident in my approach to those markets. What shorter-term markets would you guys recommend, and do you have any research strategy tips to help folks like me feel more confident getting started? Okay, thank you, Elizabeth, for your question. And also, I should mention that Pat and Jacob, who wrote in with... Uh, with. Related questions and comments, this is for you, okay? Take it away, John Kimball. Answer the shit out of this question right now. All the shorter-term
1: markets run
0: weekly and revolve around polling aggregates,
1: usually tied to guessing the range of a specific poll or a polling average.
0: For example, there's a weekly Obama approval. Hold on just one second. I'm going to lean in here just for one second. Elizabeth, I hope you appreciate that John typed out and printed out and is now reading in a conversational tone his very well-researched and considered response to your listener question. This is Election Profit Makers. We take this seriously. We want to have fun, but we want to help people. John, back to you.
1: All the shorter-term markets run weekly and revolve around polling aggregates, usually tied to guessing the range of a specific poll or polling average. For example, there is the weekly Obama approval market based on the real clear politics average of President Obama's approval numbers. There's the Trump versus Clinton polling average, which is much tamer and is my personal preference for getting started. Also there's direction of country, congressional approval. Those have less volume, but they're fun. Basically, you get into the polling markets. You're going to be learning about Gal, Rass, Drops, Replacements. (laughs) Gal is Gallup. Rass is Rasmussen. (laughs) You're going to be talking about dailies, LV versus RV.
0: (laughs) But it's. (laughs) I got to say, yeah, Elizabeth, you're not a true player in this game until you're using the officially sanctioned street slang for Rasmussen and Gallup polling. You have to call it Gal because that's so much quicker and more efficient than Gallup. RAS. I can't yeah. believe you, said, you texted me the other day talking
1: about RAS. Bottom line, it's much less predicting and more about an information edge. Who can get access to the latest poll and do the math quick enough to determine how it will affect the average? So it involves spreadsheets and lots of notes heavy lurking on the comment <laughs> section for Intel. Shout out to Intel. But also, here's one important note. Some polling companies offer subscription services, which give users the numbers before the general public. So Rasmussen has this, and Gallup does it as well through something called Gallup Analytics, which is extremely expensive. I think RAS is much cheaper. <laughs> I just I, I said that to make David laugh. Um, the Gallup Analytics people ha- who have access to it, it's usually through work or through their college. I don't have access to either one, and I've, I've done OK. Um, as far as research strategies, I think that it's sort of a journey you have to take on your own.
0: What what kind of answer is that? You can't say that.
1: Well, I, okay.
0: Give her some research strategies.
1: Okay. Here, here are a few basics. You want to follow all the polling companies on Twitter and set up an alert when they tweet. My phone is constantly popping and beeping, so you might have to tailor it. Two, ask for help in the comments section. The vets can be very helpful, but know that your questions probably won't be answered during the week in the middle of a game as money is at stake. So ask questions on the weekend or when a new market is just opening up. You will get really honest, good answers. Is that true? Yes, that's definitely true.
0: Okay, that's that's encouraging.
1: Start slowly, betting one or 10 shares at a time until you get the hang of it. And learn how negative risk works, which we just discussed. Final bit is to remember that it's not necessarily about predicting the outcome in these markets. You want to remember that the goal is to make money, and you can, do, you can do that without waiting for the contract to resolve. Often there are wild flips at the end, so take your profits and take advantage of swings. You want to buy low and sell high.
0: You want to ride waves. Yep. Basically, what he's talking about, Elizabeth, is if you don't want to stick around for these long-term contracts, like the result of the election, you can do two things. You can get into these short-term contracts, which are always changing because there's always a new poll. There's always new fundraising numbers. There are things that happen over and over again over the life cycle of the campaign. But you can also ride the wave, hop on, hop off, right? (coughs) Yeah, you you can flip shares back and forth. Sometimes you, I, I just sit there buying
1: at 14 and selling at 16. Buying at 14, selling at 16.
0: Two penny pleasure is the best kind of pleasure. 16 minus 14 is two cents. Ride that two cent wave. I want to talk about a new market that grabbed my attention uh, just today. I think it's the new version of my all time favorite market, which is will Donald Trump drop out? Fresh as of this morning, will Trump participate in all the official debates? Yes or no? Yes. You really think so? Yeah. I don't think he's going to. He's already making excuses about not participating. He's already complaining that there's a conspiracy to schedule the debates against NFL games even though the debates were scheduled over a year ago. He's looking for an excuse to get out of these debates. And okay. why would he risk why would he risk appearing on national television going one-on-one against I'll tell Someone you why. who is completely politically ruthless and knows policy backwards and forwards. I'll tell you why. Why? Because we are discussing this right now,
1: and lots of other people are discussing it, and they're taking that option away from him now. So the fact that this is being discussed in the media, and people are saying, "Yeah, he's going to be chicken, or he can't do it, or he'll be a total loser. For that reason, it changes the calculus. I would have believed it if it hadn't become a big deal. I think now— he'll have no other option but to stay in. Also, he needs the debates. He's losing. He's getting crushed. He has no chance unless he goes into those debates and, and, and gets a knockout.
0: I disagree because I, I no longer believe, I am no longer the man who spent all his money betting that Donald Trump would drop out over a month ago because that assumed some element of self-knowledge on his part, which I'm no longer convinced he possesses. I don't think he has the mental interiority. I don't think he has the self-awareness or the strategic thinking to realize that now that he's down in the polls, he needs the debates in order to win. If he has that self-awareness, surely he has enough self-awareness to know Hillary Clinton is going to disembowel him on national television. What is he going to talk about?
1: What did he talk about in the Republican debates?
0: He just made fun of everybody. But there were 16 dudes. There were 16 people who just bent over and took it. I don't think the same dynamic is going to apply to Hillary. Do you think he'll debate at all? I think he's going to skip at least one debate. I'm going to buy no in this. I think he'll... It says participate in all debates. He can't do that. I mean... Maybe Paul Manafort will go out there in a Donald Trump bodysuit with a Donald Trump mask and pretend to be Donald Trump. But I don't think Donald Trump, the actual human being, is going to show up for all of these debates. I think
1: it's a safe bet at that price. I'm not going to do it, but I – because it's on – what is it
0: trading at? Hold on. I'll bring it back. Mm-hmm. Buy no 33 cents. Yeah. Fine. You said that with contempt. You really think this is a bad bet? I'm, I'm doing it. I'm having the same rush that I had when I thought he was going to drop out. I just need this guy to, Yeah. I need him to do what I would do in his situation. I don't want to buy yes, though. It's fine. And you know what? That took a lot out of me because uh, up until the moment I bought those shares, my total amount of invested and available was a perfect 666. I had $6.66 acknowledge Lucifer. Shout out to Ben Carson. Shout out to Rules for Radicals by Saul Alinsky, where he acknowledges Lucifer. Um, But now the calculus has changed somewhat, and I am no longer enjoying that sweet 666. So, John, you're not going to join me in investing in this market. What are you going to invest in going forward for next week? I really don't want to invest in anything. I really want to take a break from
1: Predict It this next week. Well Are you serious? Yeah, Ooh. I'm serious.
0: How can you? Do that? I, <laughs> I know. <fucking> I know. <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> I know. Why are you looking like that? It's okay.
1: No, 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 no. What's I'm going to bet. I'm go, I I got to just tell you that I am. Trump has burned me out. To such, and I've done so well in predicting the last few weeks. I'm just thinking there's not much out there that is appealing to me right now, and I don't want to force it. So I think Whoa. I think I think I.
0: Whoa! I, Are you talking about being psychologically healthy and exercising self care? Yes. That's kind of a non-starter for me because this podcast is premised on high stakes and drama and the possibility of financial ruin.
1: Okay, here's the deal. I will bet in the Obama approval market, and I'm going to try to practice negative risk there so I don't have to follow it 24-7. It's just too stressful, and I think wow. I, I'm blaming this on Trump. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, the last week, I feel like I, I didn't have a foot in either side. I was following Trump, I was following Predict and I feel like I wasn't able to really get a handle on either one. So I gotta step back from one. Either I can't follow Trump this week or I, I, I need to really limit my predicted.
0: Okay, so we'll do this. I'm gonna do the Obama approval. Do the Obama approval rating. That's fine. Take it easy for a week. Take a Dial it back a little because you did have an intense week. We all did. Everyone who paid attention to Trump and the campaign and predicted this week is a little bit exhausted. And let's check in next week and we'll see how you're feeling. Okay. All right? All right. Thanks. Before we go, it's the end of the week wrap up. Are you up? Are you down? How much did you make? How much did you lose? I lost $1.15 this week. So I am still losing money, but I'm losing money more slowly than I usually do. Like I mentioned, I have just about $6 available. I am going to try to slowly and surely rebuild my initial $30 investment. I have what 14 more weeks to get that done. Keep me keep me in your thoughts and prayers. I'm trying to ride waves and I'm trying to I'm trying to ride waves responsibly because I don't want to drown. I made
1: uh, about
0: $360 this week. Yeah, I made money in
1: the will Trump drop out. I made money in the Trump versus Clinton polling market where Trump absolutely collapsed and uh, made a little in Clinton fundraising. But I made a a little bit in a lot of different markets, just flipping stocks. And I even sold some of my Trump nose in the presidential market. Why would you sell your Trump nose? Just profit taking.
0: I just remembered one thing that I have to add. I did ride a wave successfully this week. I sold out my yes shares on Obama's approval rating before the market resolved, okay? Um, let's see. Good uh job. yeah, I did it and I made a buck 24, but then that was uh, that was overwhelmed by my other losses such that I actually lost a dollar 15 for the week. But at least I rode a wave. Maybe you could practice negative risk this week. This week, my homework assignment and everybody's homework assignment is to practice uh, investing with an eye towards managing negative risk or exploiting negative risk. And um, John's homework is to not pay attention to the news and to spend time with his dog and his bird. Well, thanks for listening this week, guys. We'll look forward to talking to you next week on Election Profit Makers. As always, you can reach us at contact at electionprofitmakers.com. We love your questions. I do have a few outstanding emails about sponsorship. I do need to get back to some people about sponsoring the podcast. If you're interested in sending money our way through sponsorship opportunities, we would love to talk to you. John, I hope that you enjoy your upcoming week of reduced exposure to Donald Trump and prediction markets. I'm going to double down and ride more waves than ever. I'm going to practice negative risk, which I Think means eating my own surfboard. I'm very excited about that. I'm going to look forward to spending another few days down here in the Tar Hill State. John, maybe you and I can go to Mediterranean Deli right now nice. and have a wonderful buffet uh, lunch. That would be very exciting. I have sandwich meat here, too. Oh, Sandwich meat. Oh, It's just like old times. And also, my mom and dad want to see you, but we'll talk about that later. Okay, thanks, guys. We'll talk to you next time. Bye, everyone. Goodbye, everyone. That's right. Go home to mommy. Bye. Bye! Okay.